Well, good morning, church. I'm Dennis, one of the pastors here at Garden City. So glad that all of you are here with us today. We're going to be continuing in our series on the book of Acts, and today we're going to be focusing our conversation on a passage that's found in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. And I think it matters to begin our conversation by acknowledging that what we're going to be discussing today is going to be an exploration of this value we hold as a community, this value to be inclusive. This is how we as a church define what it means for us to be inclusive. We say nothing qualifies nor disqualifies us from being loved by Jesus. Every person can belong and is worthy of being known and loved exactly as they are, regardless of ethnicity, gender, sexuality, or ability. Jesus moves toward us and tears down every wall that separates us from him and one another. Every person is welcome and has a place because God wants his kids to come home. I think this conversation that we're going to have this morning is important for us because I think every one of us comes to a conversation on what it means as followers of Jesus, as part of a church, to be inclusive, to create space for our neighbors and friends and coworkers who identify as part of the LGBTQ community, who may identify as being gender non-conforming. I think lots of us come to this conversation and we have these pretty deeply held convictions. And yet, in my experience, in almost 15 years of ministry, there are a lot of times where these deeply held convictions we have especially on this topic, they're more deeply informed by our cultural understandings or even our political affiliations and not always deeply formed or rooted in our understanding of the Bible. And I think sometimes even we get into spaces where we believe or there are people who believe that they just they know this one verse and this one passage of this one book and that creates the framework and understanding for everything that they think on this particular topic. And I think this is a conversation that really invites us to read our Bibles well. And so this morning, we're going to be having this conversation rooted in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40, a story about the apostle Philip being sent by the Spirit of God to encounter an Ethiopian eunuch. And what this story means for the ways that we understand what it means to be inclusive, but also the ways that this story begins to create a theological framework for us to say why we think it matters that as followers of Jesus, we are an inclusive and welcoming people. And so I know as we begin to enter into a conversation on this, just, just even the past few moments of me introducing this topic, some of us might, might be feeling anxious. And I want to acknowledge that. 
And I want to invite all of us to just take a moment and to breathe. To posture ourselves before Jesus in a way where we, we're open and humble and where we want to wrestle deeply with his words and what they mean for us and what they mean for how we orient ourselves towards our communities and our world. And so we're going to approach this conversation with humility. We're going to try to work through its implications and what it is really saying and pointing us towards. And at the end of that, we're going to trust that the Spirit of God is going to work in us and shape and form us even more into being the people of Jesus. Because for us to be followers of Jesus, for us to be disciples, we need to spend time with Jesus, we need to know his teachings, we need to take on his character and ways, and then we need to live out his kingdom mission. And I think this conversation is very meaningful for us as we figure out all of those things. What is Jesus trying to teach us? What does it mean for us to take on his character and ways? And how do we live his kingdom mission as a people and a church who believe the gospel is radically expansive and wildly inclusive? So, let's pray together. And then we'll start into Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Father, thank you for meeting us right now. Thank you for being present to us. Thank you for being at work in our individual and corporate life. Father, we want to be people who live and love like you. We want to be your redemptive agents in our families and in our communities and in our places of works and in our relationships. And Father, we, most of all, we we want, we want to take on your character in ways. We want to live your kingdom mission. We want to be your daughters and sons. So Father, will you teach us? Will you lead us? Will you guide us? We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our passage begins in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Luke writes, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. Luke tells us an angel of the Lord appears to Philip. Now, this angel of the Lord is not the Holy Spirit, and it isn't Jesus. It's an angel. And remember, angels are spiritual beings who live in the presence of God. And this angel is sent by God to Philip with specific instructions for Philip. Philip is to go into the desert to a road that is not well-traveled and that leads south from Jerusalem. It's not a busy highway. The place God sends Philip is rural, desolate. 
and in the middle of nowhere. God isn't sending Philip into a bustling city center or even a stop along a highway where people would be resting from their journey. God isn't sending Philip to preach the gospel to a large crowd where thousands or hundreds or even dozens of people might hear the gospel message and come to faith. God is sending Philip into the desert to a desolate road in the middle of nowhere because God is pursuing one specific and particular person. God, from his throne, sends an angel to Philip to instruct Philip to go into a rural and desolate place because God is pursuing one specific and particular person. And Luke tells us this one specific and particular person that God is pursuing is an Ethiopian eunuch. That means the person God is pursuing is black. Luke tells us they're Ethiopian, which today would be the African country of Sudan. Every character we've encountered so far in the book of Acts has been a person of color, but this is the first time we meet a character who is black, whose ethnicity is African. This person represents an entire new racial group, an ethnic group, that God wants to bring the gospel to. And in addition to being black, in addition to being African, Luke tells us the person God is pursuing is a eunuch. A eunuch is a person who is born male and either by choice or by force is castrated. Oftentimes eunuchs served in a palace as this eunuch does. Luke tells us this eunuch served the queen of Ethiopia and managed every aspect of her financial interests. Now, the word eunuch in the original Greek, it literally means keeper of the bed. Frequently, eunuchs would manage a king's harem. We see this in the Old Testament book Esther, where a eunuch named Haggai managed the harem of the Persian king Ahasuerus. The reason eunuchs were entrusted with overseeing a king's harem or serving in the presence of a queen as our eunuch did is twofold. One, eunuchs, because they were castrated, were not considered to be a sexual threat to the women the king saw as his own possessions. And two, eunuchs were culturally considered and thought of as women. Therefore, culturally, a eunuch is not considered to be male or female. In ancient culture, eunuchs were gender non-conforming. This is the person God is pursuing. God sends an angel to Philip and tells Philip to travel into the desert to a desolate highway in the middle of nowhere because God from his throne wants Philip to chase after and pursue on his behalf a black gender non-conforming person and preach the gospel to them. 
But that's just the first one and a half verses of the story. Luke continues, This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The eunuch, Luke tells us, traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship in the temple. Church, that's a five-month journey each way. This black, gender nonconforming person loved God so much, they traveled ten months just to worship God in the temple. There's this detail, though, that we can miss, that we can overlook if we don't know our Old Testament well. In the book of Deuteronomy, we find these words. No one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. It's a prohibition against eunuchs that prevents them from full participation in worshiping God. It's a law that systematically excludes eunuchs from being a part of God's people. In Jerusalem, at the temple, the eunuch would only be allowed into the court of the Gentiles. It's an outer court, separated from the temple by a high wall. The eunuch loved God so much that they traveled five months one way, knowing they'd only be able to stand in the outer court of the temple and see from a distance over a large wall the place where everyone else could go and worship God just as they were. The eunuch knew, they knew, no matter how holy, no matter how righteous, no matter how faithful, no matter how just they were, they'd still be excluded from being able to fully participate in worshiping the God they loved on the basis of their body. And they went anyway. Even though they knew they'd only catch a glimpse of the temple over a wall and from a distance. This eunuch who traveled that far to get as close as they were allowed to get to the God they loved was now in the midst of another five-month journey back to Ethiopia when Philip finds them in their chariot reading the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Luke writes, in verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? And real quick, to point this out, we might hear that question. We might hear the eunuch say, how can I, unless someone explains it to me, and think that the eunuch is incapable of understanding what they're reading. But that's not what we're supposed to take from this question. The eunuch comes from an Eastern culture. An Eastern culture believes that they arrive at understanding through 
collaborative communication, through community, through sitting together with people and reading and wrestling. They believe they come to a deeper and fuller understanding of what is good, right, and true in conversation with a community. We as Westerners have been taught that if we carve out our quiet time and sit alone in our study with our Bible and just read it on our own, that we on our own possess all that we need to understand it fully, whereas an Easterner would say, I need other people to be able to understand it. That's what the eunuch is saying, not that he's incapable of understanding what the prophet Isaiah is writing. What he's saying is, how can I fully understand it? How can I take in its full meaning unless I am doing that in conversation with other people? And so, Luke tells us, the eunuch invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip moves toward the eunuch and overhears them reading a passage from Isaiah. Now, for a moment, this this is a thought that just occurred to me in the course of the week as I was preparing and praying for our time together. What if Philip had responded to the Spirit to the angel of the Lord who sent him to the eunuch? What if Philip had responded like Jonah? You remember the Old Testament story of, the, of Jonah, the prophet Jonah, sent by God to the Ninevites. And the Ninevites, they're outsiders. They exist outside of God's people. And Jonah being invited to go to the Ninevites to invite them towards repentance, Jonah says no and runs in the opposite direction. Now I know in the story, Jonah ends up through supernatural means in Nineveh, fulfilling reluctantly God's invitation. But could you imagine Philip here responding like Jonah? That Philip finds himself on this desert road and he sees this chariot and he hears this voice reading from the prophet Isaiah. And then eunuch gets up close and looks into the chariot and sees a eunuch. And Philip says, oh, no, God, no. Deuteronomy 23.1, this person is on the outside. They're not welcome into the assembly. I can't. And yet that is not what Philip does at all. Philip is invited into the chariot. He's invited into relational proximity with the eunuch And he gets into the chariot. 
And Luke tells us the passage the eunuch is reading from is found, it's found in Isaiah 53. It's a section of a larger passage that begins in Isaiah 52, and that in my Bible is labeled as the suffering and glory of the servant. It reads like this, beginning in Isaiah 52, verse 13. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being in his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And this is where we get to what the eunuch was reading. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. Most of us have been taught this passage is a prophecy about Jesus. And it is that. It is a prophecy about Jesus, but that's a secondary understanding of the passage. A Jewish reader wouldn't have that belief or context. They would read this passage and know that its primary understanding is that it's referring to Israel. The primary understanding of this passage is that it's referring to Israel. A secondary understanding of this passage is that it's referring to Jesus. The passage is an exhortation to God's people. Throughout the book of Isaiah and the Old Testament, God consistently refers to his servant as Jacob, my servant, Judah, my servant, Israel, my servant. So the suffering and glory of the servant that Isaiah is talking about is Israel. This passage is about Jesus, yes, but only secondarily. It's primarily a prophetic call to the people of Israel. For them to be suffering servants in the world so that through them they might bring healing and wholeness, forgiveness, belonging, restoration, redemption, and justice to everyone who lacks it. It's a prophetic invitation to Israel to suffer so that through them the world might be saved. 
So when the eunuch asks Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? What he's really asking is, does this exhortation belong only to the prophet Isaiah and the people of God? Or does it even apply to outsiders like me? Do I get to play a part in bringing healing, forgiveness, and justice into the world too? Am I invited as part of this prophetic call to be a suffering servant on behalf of the nations around me? Or am I left out of that too? And church This is why reading our text carefully matters. Because after the eunuch asked this question, Luke writes, Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Because we see this passage that the eunuch was reading and we understand from the ways that we've been taught, especially as evangelical Christians, that this passage is a prophecy about Jesus, we assume that what Philip begins by doing is telling the eunuch, this passage in particular is about Jesus. And yet, what Philip likely taught the eunuch is that this passage is about God's people. That it's a prophetic call to God's people to be a suffering servant. And as Philip taught that to the eunuch, as the eunuch understood that in conversation, the eunuch and Philip would again understand that according to Deuteronomy, the eunuch is on the outside of God's people. But Philip knows his text. Philip doesn't stop in Isaiah 53. Philip knows the redemptive arc of God's kingdom. He knows the kingdom of God is wildly expansive and radically inclusive. And so while he begins in Isaiah 52 and 53, Philip knows what's just a few chapters away in Isaiah 56, because there in Isaiah 56, the prophet writes this. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people and let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. To the eunuchs who hold fast to God and love him with all of their hearts, souls, and minds. To the sexual outsiders who honor and obey God by loving their neighbors. To them God will build a memorial. To them God will give a name better than sons and daughters. To them God will give an everlasting name that will endure forever. 
And church, where does Isaiah say God will build this memorial? In the temple. The temple our eunuch could only catch a glimpse of. The temple our eunuch could only see over a high wall. The temple that our eunuch, who loved God so deeply, he took on this 10-month journey just so he could be near to the place that he understood God's presence to be. The temple where our eunuch was excluded on the basis of their body. That's where the temple, that's where the memorial that God is going to build will be in the temple. The eunuch wanted to know, does this exhortation belong only to the prophet Isaiah and the people of God, or does it even apply to outsiders like me? And God's answer through Isaiah and Philip is yes. It applies to outsiders like you. And my guess is that Philip explained to the eunuch that it was because of Jesus, because of Jesus' life, because of his teaching, because of his death and resurrection, that the eunuch is no longer an outsider, that Jesus, through his life and death and resurrection, has made the eunuch formerly an outsider, now an insider, a member of the family, a person who belongs to the people of God and belongs in the kingdom. And that they'll have a vital and important role in building God's kingdom. My guess is that Philip looks at the eunuch and tells them, My Jesus taught me you belong in God's family. And as a full member of God's family, this black, gender non-conforming person gets to return to Ethiopia on Jesus' mission to bring healing, wholeness, forgiveness, belonging, restoration, redemption, and justice to every person who lacks it. And just to demonstrate that this person who had been excluded is now included, Luke tells us they're baptized. In verse 36, Luke writes, As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Baptism, as we know, is a physical and spiritual act that demonstrates a person's wholehearted commitment to loving and following Jesus for the entirety of their lives. And it is a way that a person is spiritually marked as belonging to God, as being part of the family, of being part of the people of God, as being included in the kingdom. And just in case we needed a reminder that God was chasing after and pursuing this one specific and particular person, after the eunuch is baptized, the Holy Spirit takes Philip away. And literally, as though traveling through some kind of spiritual wormhole, deposits Philip miles away. 
An angel of the Lord sent Philip to find the eunuch and share the gospel with them. And now that Philip has done that, now that Philip has fulfilled his mission, his assignment, the spirit moves Philip somewhere else. God chased after the eunuch. He pursued the eunuch because he wanted the eunuch in the kingdom. Because God wants his kids to come home. All of them. All of us. Church, in Jesus, God's good news is for all people. While some people may be excluded from some spaces because of their gender identity, the color of their skin, where they're from or who they love, they are not excluded from the community of God. They are not excluded from joining Jesus in his kingdom mission, and they are not excluded from playing a role in redeeming and restoring the world. We must be a people and a space where every person can be known, belong, and invited to follow Jesus. Last week, Wayne Younger talked with us about what it means to live an audacious faith. I think living an audacious faith means embracing Jesus' boundary-crossing mission. There is no boundary we aren't supposed to cross and no dividing wall we aren't meant to tear down in order to love people and point them to Jesus. Philip was sent by the Spirit to pursue a person who was on the outside. We are too. Philip drew near to the eunuch, a person every religious person was taught to exclude. We're to draw near to the people who've been excluded too. Philip asked insightful questions to engender a conversation. We're invited to do the same. Philip didn't judge. There's no hint of judgment anywhere in this passage from Philip towards the eunuch. We aren't supposed to judge the outsider either. And Philip pointed the eunuch to Jesus and baptized them. That's our mission too. It's the Great Commission. The implication is that every person who doesn't belong, all of the people who are on the outside, and this story, it points us towards our LGBTQ neighbors, to people who identify as being gender nonconforming. The implication here for us is that every person who has been excluded, who has been told they don't belong, all of the people who need blessing, healing, and hope, it's found in Jesus. And just as Jesus makes a place at his table for every person who's been excluded and who is on the outside, we are to do the same. Because every person has a place in the kingdom. Every person. You know, this week, um, as I 
have sat with this passage, as I have prayed through it, as I have sought to understand it well, and to be able to talk with you about it well, been pointed towards these moments. I've just had these moments where I've been overwhelmed by God's goodness. These moments where the gospel, it's so beautiful. It's so good. It's too good. I picture that eunuch in Jerusalem after having traveled for five months standing in the court of the Gentiles looking over the wall and catching only a partial glimpse of the temple. That eunuch who loved God that much and who traveled that far knowing, believing that they could never be a full member of God's people, that they could never be a full part of God's family. Only to have that moment in the chariot where they discover that the redemptive arc of God's story was that they always were supposed to be included that they were always supposed to be full members of the family. I can't imagine that moment when it all came together. Church, the gospel's so good. It's so beautiful. It's so expansive and inclusive. Make space for every person. And I think it's worth saying, like I'm not at no point have I been trying to communicate that God just blesses every decision or choice we make in regards to our sexuality or our gender identity. I, I don't think that God blesses the decision to just sleep around with as many people as we want to. I don't think that God blesses a married person's decision to sleep with people who aren't their spouse. But man, we... We have taken these things and we've just excluded people. And the implication, right, that the idea is that no matter what we do, no matter what choices we've made, no matter how we identify, God wants to move towards us. That God wants to send his, his people in this story, Philip, in our world today, us, to cross over boundaries that our culture and sometimes even our churches want to use to separate us in order 
to be Jesus, to love like Jesus. Yeah. Just this week. Gospel is so good, church. Jesus is so good. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Just thank you. Give us humble hearts to wrestle with your words, to take them in, to to test them. Teach us to be your people. Teach us to live in love as you would. We want to be more like you. We want individually and corporately to represent you well. So teach us. Make us ever more your daughters and sons. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.